0: Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Mid-Boss here with Lag Radio, your weekly source of video game appreciation, chiptune idolatry, do-it-yourself art endeavors, and so very much more. Tonight on the show, Episode 9, we are covering the one, the only, Shadow of the Colossus from Team Eco, or Ico, and Blue Point Games, the remaster out of 2018. We're going to be talking all sorts of Shadow of the Colossus this evening, especially Exciting to me is that we have two new guests to the show. So first, let me introduce Mr. Sparspar.
1: DJ Bar here.
0: <laughs> What's for up? the first
1: time ever, for I'm so happy time. that I get to be on your show for the first time with this game. Yeah. Such legendary status. Oh yes. Game that speaks to me so deeply. So.
0: Yes, Sparspar was very, very grateful, uh, gracious. Not grateful, gracious. I was grateful. I was uh, grateful too, though. <laughs> thank you for letting me. Uh, Come over to his house, bum over for a couple of evenings, and go through the entirety of Shadow of the Colossus with him on his glorious Star Wars PS4, and uh, yeah, listen to it in, in all of its beauty. So, thank you very much for that. Absolutely. Uh, he's also, wonderful of him, provided to us two gorgeous vinyl records that we're going to be listening to the entire soundtrack off of this evening. So hype. About
1: 80% of the soundtrack. Oh, okay, But yeah, yes, yeah. but like, hopefully you get the full dose
0: Oh, yeah. So, oh, chills, good. man. So good. And in addition to Spar Spar, we have...
2: John's Ghost.
0: John's Ghost. What's up, John's Ghost?
2: Hey, I'm happy to be here. Of all the shows to get to intern on, this is one of the hippest shows that there could be, so I am very stoked to get to the bottom of some video games, and especially this one.
0: Yes, very glad to have you. We've already kind of talked outside of the show a little bit about how uh, you have some experience with the game, even prior to deciding to intern on this show, so it was kind of just like this match made in heaven. So
2: It was a natural fit.
0: Yes, perfect. So here we are, we're going to be discussing Shadow of the Colossus, both the hist- the original, uh, so kind of going through the history and development of the original 2005 release on the PS2, as well as some stuff from the 2018 remaster remake by Bluepoint Games. So we're going to get to that soon. As usual, history development's up first, then we're going to cover some of the story, the gameplay elements, and lastly, the soundtrack. But for now, I think we're going to get into the music first and foremost so this evening the first track that you're going to be listening to is called prologue to the ancient land it is uh chronologically the first song i believe right It
1: is the very first song you ever hear in the game
0: super hyped all right so we're going to get to that in just a moment if you want to call in 949-824-5824-949-UCI-KUCI make sure you take down that number if you don't already have it down because giveaway of course weekly giveaway Every single week we try and do something. Last week, uh, again, congratulations to Philip on winning the Onet Mouse Pad for our Earthbound Part 2 episode. should have shipped, I think, in the past couple of days, so look forward to it if you're tuning in right now. Later on in the program, we're going to give away a Shadow of the Colossus hologram print. Super pretty. Super shiny. I think you're going to like it. So uh, make sure that you take that number down once more so you can call in when I direct you to do so. We have a number of different socials you can visit. Facebook.com slash radio is one of them. I just launched the Twitter, so twitter.com slash radio And then the Instagram is at DJ double underscore marmar. So two underscores, please and thank you. Additionally, we have an official playlist site that was launched in just the past week or so. Lagradio.kuci.org is going to be where you'll see all of our playlists, past, present, and future, as well as an archive of our talking segments since we can't legally of course put music up on the web but we can put up all of the discussion portions on there so right now we've got the first three episodes of the show available for your listening perusal at your discretion so you can go and check out the first episode on Zelda: ocarina of time second episode was spec ops the line and the third episode was super metroid check out lagradio.kc.org uh, yeah i know right i missed it Oh, man, I really want to actually get back into it, because I think, I forget if you guys, maybe if you were listening or not, but I had to stop at a point because the save file screwed up on me on the Super oh, Nintendo no, Classic. Bummer. I was just, oh, I oh, lost seven hours. you were playing it, like on
1: the organic original system?
0: I was playing on the Classic Mini.
1: Oh, it's like that new thing. Yeah, yeah but right. it's got
0: like the suspend save state deal. It was ah, it was painful to lose all that. So I was just like, I need to step away from this. But I want to go back because it's such a good game.
1: Yeah, it's, it's legendary.
0: And finally, last later on in the show, I'm going to be announcing a new sort of social media-ish site. We'll we'll talk about that. It's pretty exciting. Right. Uh, yeah, it's going to be connected to next week's show. So look forward to that later on. But for now, let's get into the music. Thank you very much, very very much for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I'm joined in studio by Sparkbar, Sparksbar and John's Ghost. John's Ghost. All right. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Lag Radio. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I'm joined in studio by Spar Spar and John's Ghost. How's it going?
1: What's up? Hello.
0: So we just got done listening to the first three tracks off of the Shadow of the Colossus original soundtrack. Most recently was simply Law. Before that one was Forbidden Arts, and the first one was, of course, fittingly, Prologue to the Ancient Land. So start off with the development and the history of the game. First off, this game was originally released in 2005 off of the PS2 and I believe that both of you played on that version, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. See, I wasn't able to find it back in those days. I was uh, I'm just unable to find like an original copy. I think it was very rare. Uh, one of those like highly sought after because everyone had snatched them up and it wasn't really highly like pushed. So mm-hmm. I wasn't able to snag a two PS2 version. But there was a 2011 PS3 re-release That one, I did get to play a little of. But I just remember playing through the first few Colossi and then stopping because those controls, man. (laughs) (laughs) Them controls. I love them. (laughs) I'm glad you do. What do you think of the controls?
2: It felt like uh, in the presentation and the wonky controls, I don't know if you guys know Another World from uh, Super Nintendo. It's another Mm -hmm. kind of indie, oddball, kind of left-field classic in the same way, and it reminded me of that so much of... It, you're learning to speak a different language, right? It's not a mm. plug-and-play video game. It's one that wants to teach you this specific manner about how to approach it, kind of.
0: Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll get into it a little bit later, uh, more about the gameplay elements and stuff, but I did hear some arguments that the way that the controls were were deliberately chosen by the developers to be that way instead of, I mean, yeah, they're wonky, but I think that they knew that they were wonky is what I'm getting at, so yeah. I don't know. There's There's arguments for that, but going on there was a 2018 remaster slash remake if you ask me by blue point games it is like from the ground up sort of thing it is so different and so gorgeous um but with maybe some downsides too like we were talking a little bit on the on the air or off the air about it we'll get into uh shortly so first off let's talk about the director himself so fumito fumito ueda was the director as well as creator as well as one of the artists as well as like everything basically this guy is, is the it's his it's his child pretty much so he was behind a lot of the designs and the decisions and and such and he wanted he did say that he wanted a game that has some uh basis in realism with how just the world reacts to your movement um how the wanderer wander i'm sorry not i wanted to say wanderer because that's what i thought his name was originally but no it's just wander yeah right?
1: it's a really cool home he's just like they thought of wanderer and they're like what what should we call this guy and they go wanderer
2: <laughs> and by the way, that's something nobody says in the game, right? They yeah. don't say you are Wander.
0: Right, yeah. that's true. Yeah, it's never explained. Same thing for I think the name of the the girl that you bring, right? She's not got a name until like you see it in the instruction manual or something. Mm-hmm. I think
1: I think they may and I don't know if it's like extra like voice recording, but I do recall them say, him saying it in the oh. in this version. Okay. Um, hmm. but I'm not completely sure. But I'm pretty sure he like mumbles it one time.
0: Okay, so yeah, that's an interesting part of the game. That's a that's a good point to bring up. Yeah, so there's there's a lot that isn't really explained that we just kind of know from art books or from the instruction manual, something like that. But yeah, originally his name is Wander in the English version. Uh, the Japanese version is Wanda, so Wanda. Wanda. Uh, yeah, but the the team behind the game was only thirty five people, which is kind of surprising given the game was made in two thousand and five, and you've got games like. The grand theft auto series incorporating hundreds of people to make something that's huge and i mean granted they're very very different games but still you kind of expect a larger sort of team for for games in that era
1: yeah that's like a really like intimate kind of uh like production experience i would say to have that many people you know everybody's names and hey did you get this done you should get that done oh what about this what about that right so, yeah yeah i think that kind of like goes along to say this game is like very crafted in a very specific way mm-hmm. so.
0: there was definitely some influences uh, from Zelda according to Ueda's uh, one of the interviews with Ueda he says it was influenced by Zelda and some of its bosses design, though he referred to it as inverted I was going to ask you guys what do you think about that
1: I don't know if you have more like say and maybe like Zelda titles that you've played I know that there are boss battles in Zelda um, but I'm not too used to how those usually play out. So I may not have a proper comparison. Um, maybe you guys may feel that a little bit more, mm-hmm. with, like that inverted sense. So, yeah.
2: I would think about the fact that normally the Zelda is a dungeon-filled puzzle that you get to, to find a boss and exploit its specific weakness in some way, right? Whereas this, the giant boss is the dungeon itself or it is a weird, you know you're taking that puzzle aspect and that is a, I know a criticism of at the time was, well, you don't actually fight right, or it's not an action game in the same way, it is a puzzle game which is very Zelda-esque
0: I would think
1: true, that's yeah, that's interesting, yeah I yeah, yeah. thought of it like that
0: and the dungeon thing, that I think that with a lot of those Zelda games, you go through the dungeon, and in the course of going through the dungeon, you acquire some sort of item or some sort of skill, and uh, that helps you to defeat that final boss for the particular dungeon. Certain games, of course, uh, maybe not all all Zelda games or Zel- all Zelda bosses, but uh, when it comes to the Shadow of the Colossus and their, their titans that you have to take down, I don't think each one has their own individual, like, you don't get any new items mm-hmm. as a character. From the start to the end, you just have your sword, you've got your horse, and you've got your wonky controls, and that's about, um, no, but uh, you you don't get <laughs> thrones yeah. <laughs> and Uh But yeah, you you don't ever acquire any new items or anything. It's just there's no da nah, na 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 moment. It's just that's you've true. got what you've got, which so, is really
1: interesting because usually you'd think it, it's usually like a deliverance for like for gamers. They usually go in, they succeed, they get kind of this reward for it, uh, and I think that kind of says something about the way that the game carries itself that you're kind of just like you continue to go even though you're you know you feel like you're progressing but what are you progressing to there's no real like deliverance other than there's this ultimate goal down the line so sure instead of feeling like that kind of service every time you kind of like mission-based style stuff mm-hmm so
2: progressing is big and same with the dun 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 moment not having that of it really reinforces some of the broader game themes of you really are doing the same thing we're getting rid of that progress or that evolution the whole time and just creating this thing where you do this kind of repetitive yeah. you know f- and but that that feels like once you finish this game that's part of the point of it in a way
0: mm-hmm.
2: too yeah it's interesting to strip that
0: we'll definitely get into that especially with the story so yeah uh, sit tight to all of the uh, listeners out there But moving a little bit further, uh, Ueda did reference or say that he got references from, of course, art, of course, music. But more specifically, he got a lot of uh, influence, specifically for this game, from trailers of films.
1: Trailers of films. That feels so, like, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Because the whole cinematic element does feel like every second is like a, like a, like a, cut scene or something like it's very short and it's impactful and it hits you square between the eyes every time something happens oh yeah so i can totally see that like i feel that same way about like certain directors that come from like uh tv like broadcasting and like commercial like backgrounds Mm, and coming to do like a feature length film Mm -hmm. a lot of the times you can like feel that and it's kind of interesting like the way that makes you feel about like cinema or like their type of film
0: oh yeah most Super recently, fun. I had a, uh, an example of it. So I didn't know who the directors were uh, for Infinity War. Mm, the Marvel's yeah. Infinity War. Guys, from, they did Rest of Development. Of yeah, That yep. completely makes sense. Like, how they were able to manage the team behind uh, Rest of Development and all those different characters and stuff, and how they weave them throughout the, the course of one episode, and how that worked into Infinity War, and how they were able to manage such a huge cast of beloved characters was made a lot of sense yeah, so like, same uh, deal here
1: that's why they're genius <laughs> aha
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah so moving a little bit along too so we have the ancient sword right so this is something that the pretty much the only thing that uh, our main character wander uses and it's used as kind of this divining rod of sorts to try and lead him to the next enemy and lead him to the next colossus and uh Uera himself has said that one of the reasons why he used the ancient sword as really the only deliverer of dialogue besides Dorman, the, the main ethereal voice who speaks to you in between Colossus fights, uh, is because Ueda hated that you would find in a lot of games, a lot of RPGs especially. If you talk to an NPC and you talk to them again, they'll repeat the same line over and over again. It kind of breaks the um, immersion factor. And so he wanted to use this ancient sword as the way to using it as a hint to the next boss. Instead of having to go to a certain character and say like, hey, where's the next enemy at? And then you speak to them again they say the same exact thing. This ancient sword is not going to speak to you. It's just like, alright, this is the way to go. Boom. They yeah. Get right there.
1: Follow the sun.
0: Follow the sun. <laughs> it's efficient. Uh, interestingly enough, Shadow of the Colossus did get some publicity in a 2007 adam sandler film of all things (laughs) it's called rain over me and i guess sandler and uh, another actor don Cheadle, very well known for his role in the marvel films uh they bond over shadow of the colossus in a pretty touching way actually because sandler's character had lost his family in the 9-11 attacks and uh when he takes over this you know when he takes down a colossus it's kind of like the toppling of the towers
1: I have never known this. Yeah. I have to watch this movie now. Right? What?
0: Yeah, and it's not just a little bit like just this tiny segment of it, too. I think that they actually go and have multiple scenes with it, too, and even teaches Don Chio's character how to play the game and gives this description of the controls and everything.
1: Whoa. Yeah. I did not even know this.
0: They had reached out to a to get um, clearance for that, and he said, yeah, go for it. So. I,
1: I remember
2: seeing that and not knowing it was going to be in the movie. And it's such a slam dunk, not just because of the, I never even thought of the Colossus imagery being similar, but just the loneliness kind of, or some of the alienation that you feel playing this game really fits in character-wise, I think, with that movie.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. The Loneliness is a huge factor of this game. Yeah, so it works really well with that film. So we talked a little bit about how Blue Point was the one to do the remaster remake from just this earlier this year. Interestingly, they developed physics engines specifically just for the poncho on aggro <laughs> that you see just <laughs> kind of floating. <laughs> and even more importantly, horsetail physics. Horsetail oh physics. Oh my
1: goodness. Can you believe That it? tail looked beautiful, though.
0: Wasn't it? It was worth every bit of time they spent in that. That's engine.
1: interesting, though. They did the horsetail physics, but not like the physics for the... Actual, like, Colossus, like, the way that that moves? I don't know. I
0: don't know.
2: Sorry, guys. I'd love to hang out this weekend. I got to get this horsetail thing, right? <laughs>
0: it's got to it's gotta be done. It's got to be done. Bluepoint is also known for having developed the God of War collection, and uh, I think they worked on an Uncharted remaster as well. So they're kind of like the the masters of remastering, mm. for, in, in a way. Mm. The
2: remasters.
0: (laughs) Ooh, there it is. Uh, They also created the first-ever title that was available for purchase on the PlayStation Network. But I think that they do really well with these remasters because they decide what they want to work on. They don't get approached by a particular, you know, game developer or whatever and say, hey, we want you to remaster our game. They reach out and say, hey, we think we'd be the right fit to remaster your title that came out so many years ago. What do you think? so yeah i think that they that shows in in their passion for it as well if you get to watch any of the the interviews with the blue point team they did a host of them for the ps4 Mm -hmm. uh release on youtube you can tell that they that they picked this because it's a passion project of theirs it wasn't just like a paycheck yeah yeah it means a lot and they even discussed about how they had this honor and privilege of remaking shadow uh, instead of just like, oh yeah, we had a great time. Yeah, it was a wonderful experience, blah, 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 blah. No, like, we are honored to have gotten to work on this. It, we all loved this game before even working on it. So, yeah, pretty impressive. Be super cool. Yeah, right? And it took months for them to rebuild some of the Colossus in uh, this new uh, remastered format, too, which is pretty crazy. They talked about how, like, 11,000 polygons went into the smallest Colossus of them all, if you remember the uh, the the firefight right the one where yes. you, i think that's the, the smallest one
1: that's the yeah that's the bull one in that in that underground passageway
0: yeah yeah and you have to like knock off fire and yeah the, and scare it yeah yeah so that one only had eleven thousand polygons in the original it upped it to sixty one thousand in the remake ooh. <laughs> ooh, yeah
1: makes me think of uh what's going on with this with the bigger colossi
0: oh yeah yeah i would love to hear some figures on that one i don't know couldn't find any myself but would love to all right you know what let's get into music we've been talking a plenty so let's get back into that great music
1: yes you're gonna hear uh in this next little block uh a little bit spookier of a theme uh one that i can talk about uh for hours i love it so much <laughs> um and it's kind of setting the tone for this next one we're gonna start getting into uh some battle music sweet it's yes
0: nice. the battle music oh such a big part of the game so i hope you enjoy this if you've never played it before then it's going to be something special if you have played this game before it should bring back plenty of good memories for you so enjoy the next song is called black blood again we are lag radio thank you so much for listening to kuci 88.9 fm at irvine my name is marmar the mid-boss we are joined by sparspar Spar and john's ghost Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Mid-Boss. We are joined by Spar Spar and John's Ghost, and we are lag radio.
1: Creaky lag radio over here. Creaking up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, nice and spooky. Uh, We are covering Shadow of the Colossus, originally released for the PS2, later remastered and released for the PS3 and PS4. We've gone over the history and development, we've talked a little bit about Ueda-san's uh, influences and such, we're going to discuss now the story. And this one is interesting to me because, really, there's not a whole lot. It's pretty simple when it comes to story. It's kind of the hero's journey sort of thing. You've got a nameless boy, who is referred to as Wander in the manuals and uh, other materials, and he seeks to resurrect his sacrificed loved one by bringing her before some kind of god, maybe? I don't know. At this point in the beginning of the game, it's just this ethereal voice that calls itself Dormin. And uh, it tells the boy Wanderer that there is a possibility that Dorman can resurrect this fallen loved one, but only if the Wanderer can, or Wander, not the Wanderer, see, doing it again. Uh, only if Wanderer can slay 16 vast, gigantic, colossal creatures sl- uh, scattered throughout the Forbidden Land. And that's kind of just like the basic.
1: That's like the rundown. That's, yeah. that's pretty much hey, does this, this sound cool to you yet?
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Wander is given a, a hint every now and again. Uh, uh, when you kill one Colossus, it says, all right, thy next foe is going to be located in a forest somewhere deep below when it guards this, I don't guards know, something a city,
1: or other. Uh, a, a sealed city, <laughs> something like that. It's like...
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it gives you this kind of vague sort of thing, and then you can use your ancient sword to reflect light, and it'll concentrate on generally where the next Colossus is located. But after you slay a Colossus, well, okay, the lead-up, all right? Big part of this game is just transportation. <laughs> big part of it is just you getting on your horse named Agro, which we know is the name because you yell, Agro! <laughs> or you whistle at it. And uh, then it'll suddenly, boom, puff, Just like, mm-hmm. there it is. All right, Agro, what's up? Let's go. And you get to just ride across your uh, the entire landscape on horseback to the destination. And that's a big portion of the game, but it is such a gorgeous thing to experience right like it's just this uh, the feeling that it imparts is we talked a little bit i think already about loneliness and this just this desolate beauty uh there's nothing there there's nothing making sounds really i mean there are some animals but there's no human life to speak of so uh it's very quiet there's no music that plays while you uh travel across this forbidden land too very important so once you do find the colossus oftentimes it is not just standing there waiting for you it kind of like pops out of the rocks or out of the ocean or something it's just it's or the, well, not ocean i guess but lake it'll just kind of appear as if it had been sleeping or slumbering for for decades or hundreds of years perhaps and you've awoken it and so now you are going to antagonize it by typically shooting a arrow at it <laughs> and then it'll just suddenly rah, go kind of berserk And but at the same time it's berserk but it's also gigantic so it's kind of this slow like creeping death feel uh, but then you have to engage the colossus in battle and the way you do it's gigantic right so you can't just like hack at its knees and be like ah you're going down boy uh, instead it's you have to find a way atop it and find its magical weak points it sounds kind of lame when you it's say it vitals. Magical. it's, it's vitals thank you <laughs> Yes, find its vitals that are denoted by this kind of symbol, this, like, glowing white symbol. The logo. The logo. The logo. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you have to get onto that area and stab it with your sword. And, yeah, it is a struggle every time. Sixteen different colossi, it's always a struggle to try and find those spots and take it down. And I don't know about you guys, but the feeling that that it imparts when you are taking down this colossus, it's like, you know that you have to do this because this is the story, but it doesn't feel great.
2: No. No. You no. see
0: it, it kind of in the eyes and just the reactions of these colossi. It's like you know that you're doing something wrong, but also your loved one. I mean, like, you got to revive her, right? She was sacrificed. We don't know how. Don't know why. But you need to get her back. So is it a necessary sacrifice? And what is going to be the price? Like Dorman mentions in the beginning of the game, there will be a heavy price. Oh, and yes. Wander is just like, nah, it's fine. Like even I think I think he cuts he's off. He straight up
1: end. is like, he's like, I don't care. Yeah, it's like it doesn't matter. I think he says that he's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <you're> like, dang.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real.
1: Cold blooded killing. Blow, blood bloodthirst.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. So I think that when it comes to the story, it's it's almost like you could take this game and transport it right into like an NES era RPG. It's very like original Final Fantasy. Straightforward. It's just all right. Kill these dudes. Get your girl back. That's it. The hero's journey. But there's so much more to it. Um, Talking about when you slay the Colossus, something that definitely wouldn't exactly be doable maybe in the NES era. You see these tendrils of darkness, corruption or something exit the body of the decaying, collapsed Colossus. And it just kind of shoots right through your being, right? just goes right on through you and you kind of like fall to your knees and just black out.
2: The fr- I thought I died the first time. The first time I played this and they came at me, I restarted the system thinking that obviously <laughs> I did something wrong. I'm dying now. <laughs> and it was the second time it happened that I realized, wait, hold and then you, you're born again.
1: Right. That's, yeah. so, that's so interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. What, like,
1: what was I supposed to do? I ran. Where do I hide?
0: Now, <laughs> I'm curious because I only played the remastered version. When you get blacked out, when you knock out after killing a colossus in the PS2 version, is it still the same black and white tunnel? I'm pretty sure, but, yeah. It's,
1: yeah, but it's a lot less uh, intense. Whoa. Yeah. The sure.
2: prettiness factor dialed down a little bit.
0: Sure, sure. Okay, <laughs> got it. But it's still this kind of like wormhole that you're traveling through. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, so you travel through this white and black tunnel whenever you defeat the Colossus, and you're transported suddenly, poof, back to the shrine with Dormin uh, and the voice, of course, of Dormin, and your uh, currently deceased, or so we think, I guess,
1: Maybe be deceased. She's pretty deceased. She
0: seems pretty deceased. She appears to be deceased. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, She's pretty dead. <laughs> her, her name is Mono. So we learn in, in the manual I guess her name is Mono. So um, but before Wander awakens, he's still kind of just like collapsed on the ground and you see growing group every single time you defeat another colossus. A growing group of shadow figures that just stand over him staring down. Not doing anything else. Just laser vision into your like almost lifeless corpse sort of laying there. It's spooky. It's scary stuff. I think anyone who's experienced those moments where you're asleep and then you wake up, but you have sleep paralysis and you can't move, Mm -hmm. but you feel like a presence in the room, that's the sort of thing that's going on with this. It's just oh, oh, jeez. I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. And then the camera cuts and you see an idol that was representing the Colossus inside of the shrine just explode. And the camera pans right back over to Wander and the beings are gone. It's like, oh jeez, oh man. Where'd they go? What'd they do? What did they have was happening? Why did they do anything? They just stare at it. Like, it reminds me of Paranormal Activity, that movie too, where it's Ooh. just this. Yeah, the spooky being is just like, I'm gonna look at you, and yep, that's the end of the night. That's all I got for you. <laughs> but it gets worse and worse every time. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you waken, and now Dorman just tells you, okay, your next foe is. There we go.
1: That's
0: pretty much the story
1: just clock in clock out yeah (laughs) basically taking down colossi
0: exactly but the story does lead you to every corner of this gigantic massive forbidden land to many different biomes too if you Mm -hmm. think about it it's very
1: like different when you go to each one so yeah it's very cool
0: there's that forest part right (laughs) there's the forest forest part that's where you kind of like a lot slower Where you're like racing through these giant, massive, um, I keep saying massive, but it's true. There are massive, these like plains. Massive
1: forbidden forests and massive desert lands. The desert, uh, yeah, true. And just all these different biomes like in this one little area or one huge area, I should say. But.
2: Just the giant bridge. What is it? The second one is the first time I think you go back towards that. You go, what is that? Right. It's like seeing yeah. Hyrule City in one of those or, you know, yeah. you're like, what's going on with this big thing?
0: Yeah, it's so large. It's so long that you can barely see it to the end of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's so impressive. I'm sure we'll get to that. Oh, so cool. Uh, And yeah, so all these different biomes and stuff, you still feel like there's other areas of this map. Even after the end of the game, I still thought, like, I could have jumped down to the bottom of this one little chasm or something, and somehow there'd be maybe something more there to visit. There's just so much of the world, and you want to see it all. Um, Especially because so much goes unexplained. There's so many mysteries through the game because you just don't know why you're doing this, what is... How did these colossi even get there? What is their point? What do they have feelings? Are they just these giant artifice beings? Um, Although they do look like they have some sort of skin, perhaps. They've got this fur, like mossy fur thing going on. They seem kind of organic, but also made of pottery. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah.
2: The eyes always got me too. That's there's that moment halfway you're climbing up or you're halfway and the thing looks at you and it it is so alive now. It's no longer some giant monstrosity or there's something about how they do the eyes that kind of hits you when you catch it as a player playing this game.
1: And Mm -hmm. I think you may have missed it, um, but when you are playing, I don't know if there was ever a time where you, uh, had died during a Colossus fight, um, but whenever they do that, they play the death music and they show the kind of the still, and it's just the Colossus face looking at you. Oh. Mm -hmm. So it's really spooky. People are always talking about that online, about how freaky that feels when you die, and it's just like the face of the Colossus and its eyes staring at you, uh... You maybe you'll have to look that up soon. But I might that's... have to die and find out. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so we uh, again, like, so much goes unexplained at this point, but you're kind of just motivated to figure out what is the mystery. You know, what is what is going on here in this world, and what's going to happen once you kill the the final colossus. So you're given very little go on until around colossus number twelve, and then you're given this quick little cutscene that shows a bunch of men on horseback. We got masks on, or at least one of them has a mask on, and they seem to be pursuing you, I think. It's kind of they're going through this foresty scene, and they're going rather quick, and I think one of them does say something.
1: He says, We're almost there. That's it. <laughs> you can tell that they're taking the same path that you saw at the beginning of the game. Right. And then they stare off at the city, and you're like, What?
0: And that's What's it. happening? <laughs> <laughs> that's it for the next and final four Colossi. That's all you get story wise. So. Yeah, uh, we will continue discussing the story in just a little bit. We're going to get to the uh, climax and and the ending, the finale, where you really get to figure out what's going on in this world. But in the meantime, we're going to listen to some more music. So what do we got, Spar Spar?
1: We have uh, Verdant Hills. That was something I wanted to bring up was, uh, although, well, I mean, we may have talked about it off air, um, but when you're actually, like, going through this land and, like, feeling its massiveness around the world... Um, you kind of feel that isolation and then once you kind of near Colossus you get this like theme and it can be very pretty it can be very haunting Um, and the one we're about to hear is very like pretty very introductive of uh, like a forest type uh, plane Um, but you kind of hear these throughout the game uh, for certain Colossus and it kind of builds the mood and also kind of like a checkpoint of like oh what's this
0: beautiful Cool. All right. So we're going to cut to that in just a moment. Real quickly, though, we're going to plug some of them socials in case you weren't already aware of them. If you just joined us in the recent past, the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash laglife radio, is one of those places you can go to. If you happen to be a Twitterer, Twitter.com slash laglife radio is another one that you can follow me on. Our Instagram, Instagram.com slash DJ double underscore marmar. Of course, at DJ double underscore marmar is another way you can get there. We have our playlist page now up and ready for you, lagradio.kuci.org, lagradio.kuci.org. And that's where we have playlists of all of the past shows. I'm still working on catching up since I just made it in the past week and a half or so. We are up through episode five right now, so I just uploaded the playlist for the Last of Us episode. And I have uh, links to all the different songs there, so you can just click on them and listen to everything on there. So far, the first three episodes also link to the archive, the KUCI podcast archive, so you can listen to the discussion that was held for the first three episodes. And don't forget, later on we have a giveaway, so you're going to want to call in when I give you the AOK okay 949 949-824-5824 is the number to call, 949-UCI-KUCI, and you're going to be eligible to win a Shadow of the Colossus hologram print that I will send straight to your doorstep, so you won't even have to go anywhere for it. So be hyped for that later on in the program. But for now, Verdant Hills, Kawa Otani is the composer, all of this, of course, off of the Shadow of the Colossus original soundtrack. Again, thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Spar Spar and John's Ghost. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Lag Radio here with Marmar the Midboss, Spar Spar, and John's Ghost. We are covering Shadow of the Colossus from Team Ico, or Ico, and Bluepoint Games for the remaster. We've gotten through the first half of the story, uh, kind of first half. I mean, we've gotten through basically the entire 16 Colossi, or 15 Colossi that you have to take out of the 16. We're going to be getting back to that. In just a moment, though, but I did want to discuss a little bit, at least, with regards to the soundtrack. So first off, songs that we listened to just most recently was Wander's Death, very haunting, uh, shorter track. Before that one was, of course, one of the best, perhaps, on the soundtrack, In Awe of Power. That song's so beautiful. It's so (laughs) good. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Before that one was Simply Silence, and then there was also Lakeside Before It, Revived Power, Violent Encounter, and then at the top of the set was Verdant Hills.
1: I love all their names, and yeah. for this for this record, they actually kind of altered the names a little bit from the CD version, hmm. and so I kind of had to like lay out what I had in like my digital copy and then kind of like compare with the vinyl, so you're getting mm. what the vinyl kind of says, um, but some of the titles for the songs are different in like the actual like digital version
0: good to know, good to know and so you uh, brought in the vinyl for us to listen to. How did you procure one of those?
1: So, yes, this is a wonderful story um, that I was kind of talking about with family, too. Um, I, as soon as we heard that this game was getting remastered a second time for the PS4, uh, after we had played the PS3 version as well and we were getting all into it again, uh, they went all out, did this whole Steelbook thing, uh, and totally went for it. And they did a vinyl release. I made it, did a vinyl release for The Last Guardian when that came out. Uh and I remember being, okay, cool, but like I'm not big on the Last Guardian yet and I don't know the soundtrack that well. Um so I kinda just let it go by. Finally was going they gotta release a Shadow of the Colossus vinyl because this soundtrack is so important to the gaming community uh and just people alike, as you mentioned, like your friend uh kind of just knowing about this game but not being really a big gamer. Uh so it was just a big deal. Found out that they finally did this pre-ordered immediately uh and it perfectly came almost like it was a match made in heaven for your show right as you were starting this so (laughs) it's kind of an excuse to play this on the airwaves so very cool to have it here very
0: glad to have it in here thank you very much for that so let's discuss it a little bit um so yeah i think that the music and just the sound design in general with this game is pretty uh well received by uh, fans and uh, critics alike and it's for pretty good reason because it's pretty dang beautiful if you ask me yeah we've listened to a healthy amount of the tracks already off of the soundtracks this evening and i'm sure you listeners right now can uh, already probably agree with that particular uh, decision of mine to say yes this is a beautiful soundtrack objectively speaking not even subjectively objectively (laughs) everyone thinks this uh, but yeah, with regards to the sound design, the first thing that's, that really kind of like stood out to me was how they delivered Dorman's voice, uh, even from like right from the get-go when you're in this this shrine and you hear this kind of echoey like, and it's in this foreign language, it's not in Japanese, it's not in English, it's not in any other language, it's a language made up just for the game, just like they did for Eco and probably also The Last Guardian, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's just kind of the, their style. Uh, so you don't know what's being said. Unless you're reading the the subtitles, right?
1: You know, it's also kind of cool. Just as a side note of mm. randomness is with Eco or Ico, however you you say it. Um, the subtitles you can read what the main characters are saying in Eco, but you cannot read the voice of Yorda until you've played the game all the way through. So you have no idea what she's saying through the entire thing. Hmm. And you just see Iko kind of responding to her, and once you beat it the first time, you go in it again and you can actually see what she's saying. So really cool like l- language like subtitle hmm. type like dynamics in these games. Really cool
0: that's interesting
2: it's another example i think uh shadow of the colossus does it so much of it it purposefully alienating you to a degree to get the effect that it wants right like yes you don't understand and same with this game for being such a minimalist game i mean these are big songs right but you have to get through long periods of not that so that when the song comes up it, it does so much right so it's very smart about withholding and then really blasting you with it kind of
0: Yep. very well put contrast well. and dynamics yeah absolutely definitely shines through um yeah exactly yeah that silence that's that's just beautiful in, in some ways and it's beautiful in a different way from all of the different orchestral pieces that we've listened to tonight uh even just the sound of like the grass you know mm. the sound of the wind of, the wind is the wind is beautiful.
1: huge in this game when it comes to uh kind of like feeling that audience and this forbidden land the winds are just like hitting you you can see in the clouds if you just stand still you can see the clouds are cruising it's crazy how much you feel like immersed in this in this whole environment it's crazy
0: definitely something that we couldn't really uh explore here on the show just to the nature of it but uh you will notice that when you're playing the game that the music in the battle scene will really swell up especially as you kind of go through different portions of each one of the fights, right? Each one of the the puzzles, it kind of, like, gets louder in certain parts. And it's just, it it works perfectly uh, with these battles to really imbue that sense of, like, heroism and, like, doing something really mighty and powerful. And then, of course, once you stab the Colossus and take it out, then the music turns to this kind of haunting organ... And we'll hear like, that
1: later for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I
1: think they probably heard that in the, in the right before we hit the top of the hour was a little bit of that progression of, oh, with Verdinant Hills, here's this uh, ancient land. Oh, where are we? Oh, it's very peaceful, very nice. And then, boom, hits you with, oh, wait, there's some kind of, like, disturbance now in this area. You've found the Colossus. What do you do? Confusion, whirlwind. How am I going to get up there? And then hits you with that. You finally made it on top of it. Uh, And you'll hear throughout some of these tracks too that some are more aggressive some are very like thought-provoking when you've already seen the Colossus It's really interesting like you could be Mm. you could be swimming in the lake with the Colossus And it's very peaceful and kind of spooky and it's not aggressive when you see it until you've finally gotten onto it So sure the soundtrack just delivers in the background. It's somewhat invisible to to uh, first-hand players, too
0: Yeah, yeah That's a good point. Yeah, that's how I experienced it, too. It was just these moments that it just, it kind of uh, went so well with the gameplay that I didn't really really notice it there, but I'm sure that it was enhancing the experience to just hear that kind of like pushing you forward to try and defeat this gigantic beast. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. All right. So let's now listen to some more of the music, actually, before yes. we continue and finish up the storyline. Next up is going to be What?
1: Um, Next up is actually going to be one of the more aggressive tracks uh, Mm. To my brother who may be listening right now Probably one of his favorite tracks Um, Mm. This is the theme A herald from behind Making reference to the sand snake Who is traveling (laughs) hard on your tail uh, Through a very aggressive battle Of what the heck do I do And we'll talk a little bit about it before we jump into it So it's very cool
0: All right, so look forward to that. Again, thank you for listening to LAG Radio here at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. We're joined by Spar Spar and John's Ghost. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you in a moment. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Spar Spar and John's Ghost. We're discussing Shadow of the Colossus. We just got done listening to a healthy number of tracks, Warden of the Ruins was most recent one from the Colossus number fifteen. I know they all have names though, right? Technically.
1: Yeah, I was actually gonna look them up, but yeah, they all have names, respective names.
0: Yes, you just you're never given them in the game, of course. <laughs> no, they're kind most of
1: like things. given to you in like in like manuals, and stuff supplementary, like material.
0: supplementary material. Yes. So, Warden of the Ruins was the most recent one. Before that one was Farewell to Despair. There was also Guardian Unleashed, she- Sealed City, and Counterattack. And all the way to the top of the set brought you a herald from behind. That one's so fun. So good. So good. All of it very, very riveting, very moving stuff uh, to get you to want to take down these massive beasts. But Massive. <laughs> there's that word again. All right. So we're going to finish up the story before we before we go any further and discuss the gameplay and our thoughts about the game. So we finished the first 15 Colossi. So we've taken all of them down. We're going to now take down the 16th and final one. En route to slaying this final Colossi, this Colossus, aggro, your horse, you have to use it to jump across this bridge. And then while you're running across this bridge on aggro, you get thrown off because this bridge collapses. It's a fake.
1: It's a (sighs) faux bridge.
0: It's a faux bridge. It's not good. It's not a good bridge. So, aggro is nice enough to sacrifice itself for your well-being. Th- bucks you off, and it goes down into the valley below. <sighs> sad. Sad, sad. Sad, It's the only living being that you know of. I mean, Dorman is able to communicate with you between colossi fights, but, like, it's not alive necessarily. It's not a person or something. And the
1: only thing aside from that is just the birds, and they kind of follow you. Yeah. The hawks and stuff, so yeah so it's your companion
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's a crime it's an effect that really grows on you too because by this point you've been everywhere it's very similar to like the zelda series when you're riding epona across and when you're finally getting to gerudo and you're like hey look at everywhere i've been you know that you and that horse have been together and that that moment is just one of the gaming moments of all times i would say
0: it's crushing yeah for sure so then you go solo and you try and reach this final Colossus, and it's really neat how the weather changes and it becomes this super overcast, like, completely black rain starts pouring. Stormy,
1: like, yeah. m- like, mons. I was going to say stormy storm. <laughs> Monst- stormy <laughs> stormy storm. Stormy <laughs>
0: storm of storms. <laughs> Would you say it's a massive storm?
1: <laughs> <laughs> massive storm.
0: <laughs> so you reach this final Colossus, and it stands about double the height of any other Colossus, it is gigantic yeah
1: <laughs> it is, it is it's, a huge. it's a skyscraper
0: it is basically a skyscraper and it's not just enough that it's going to stand there and stare at you while you run up to it no it gets to huck like these fireballs at you like this yellow energy just it can't move this colossus interestingly is bolted to the ground or something it's chained down but it does get to throw at you these uh bolts of energy and so you get to try and like duck and weave behind all these different um covers right you can see this painting such a story for you it doesn't even have to tell you anything about this area but you can just see the story there's these barricades that are like as if there was a war there are these trenches that you go into that were constructed that you try and hide and sneak around underground to get closer to the colossus with it's like what happened here you know this there must have been some sort of struggle I love it. It's a really really great area. So you do get to finally reach the the feet of the Colossus and you get to climb up. It's kind of I don't know if I want to say clothing. It's like per a, se.
1: it's like a building like you just climb up. It's like it's infrastructure
0: yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i love that word infrastructure ah yeah (laughs) gets my businesses going like a dress it's like a dress kind of yeah i guess it's like a some kind of kilt sort of thing you start climbing up and you get to reach its like waist and stuff and you get to stand on its arm and you you know you stab its palm or something or the back of its hand and it opens up and you're able to walk across its arm um to try and reach one of the weak points on its like bicep sort of area. You stab it, and then you get to transfer very quickly to the next arm. And it's really neat because at one point, I didn't realize this when I was actually playing it, but I did notice it later on watching some run-throughs and stuff, but there's a point when you're standing on the second arm that this Colossus, you're standing there, And of course, when it's aggressive, its eyes are orangey and kind of this swirl, this galaxy swirl. But when it's not aggressive, it turns to this very nice, pleasant blue. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens in this fight. And this was a purposeful thing done. This eyes change to blue as you are just standing on its arm thinking about where you're going to go next to kill this thing. It's staring at you with passive blue eyes because it's examining you. It's thinking, we don't have to be fighting. I don't have to try and kill you right now. What what are you and why are you trying to hurt me it's just looking at you and it's almost questioning you and you're just focused intently on slaying this thing so you can get your final you know beloved back yeah it's a heavy part it's a really heavy part very meaningful part
2: it's interesting thinking about the ethics of that of how like in a Super Mario Brother game, right? They they steal a princess so you go kill a bunch of turtles or what. You know, what I mean like that you're the entire ethics of video games is some sort of revenge or retribution or something. And in this one you buy it completely, right? You're like, "Oh, you want to get this princess back." go kill these things, and you do it, but through the game, you have these many moments where you do stop and wonder, what am I doing, and why am I doing it? And that's a huge one right then. Why am I going to kill this thing? Why are we at war?
0: Yeah, exactly. Games like that that make you really think, That's where the enemies are not just, I'm bad for bad's sake. Yeah. That's the stuff that really makes you, really gets it into your mind for years and years to come. So, you finally, all the way at the end of the game, Stab it in the head a couple of times, number of times. At this point, you're very strong, probably because you've been absorbing all this dark energy and you've become more powerful from, uh, for whatever reason. We don't t- entirely know at this point. But you stab it a number of times in the head, and it falls. It is done. You topple the final colossus, and you're transported back to the shrine as usual, just as those horseback men that we mentioned earlier arrive. Uh, Amon is the name of the, the leader of them. Him and his followers reach the shrine, and they see the final idol explode to the ground. And at that point, he figures everything out. He kind of pieces the puzzles together, and he figures out that you, uh, Wander, had stolen the ancient sword so that you could resurrect the sacrificed girl, Mono. And uh, you, as Wander, now you have reappeared, but you have like this zombified look. You're basically dead. You're You're controlled but you've also grown in, in addition to your pale blue skin and kind of just like these black features including your eyes and stuff you've grown these little horns <sighs> what does it mean
1: the theories <laughs> the
0: theories so Dorman has at this point it is revealed the Dorman had tricked you into slaying the 16 colossi that had contained his power apparently at some point in ages past perhaps the people that Amon knew come from had sealed away Norman into 16 different beings and basically banished this shrine off in the middle of nowhere and just would only connect it to this very thin bridge. Like, you absolutely had to go on quite the journey to reach it because they didn't want anyone releasing Norman. Uh, probably meant the end of the world or some some sort of thing like that. So each time you would slay a colossus, that power from the colossus, Dorman's power, would go into you. And so now that you have slain all 16 of them, you are possessed by Dorman, a demon perhaps, some sort of powerful entity. Uh, and you grow to multiple stories in size, and you start to attack the followers of Amon, because they are very, very well aware of the danger that's presented to them now that Dorman has been resurrected. And so the fight ensues. This is actually, interestingly, this is a playable segment of the game where you are this giant, like, black beast of Norman. and You're you, a Colossus. You are a Colossus, kind of, yeah, mm. right? Without all of the artifice and without all of the fur attached to you, you are becoming a Colossus. And you take out a number of the followers by stomping them underfoot under or breathing some blue fire. I think you breathe blue fire, right? Yeah, Something mm-hmm. like that, yeah, just like... <sighs> Uh, But a handful of the followers do get away, including Amon, and they start to race up the tower from which they came to uh, and which you came from originally that led to the shrine. Amon, from the top of this tower, casts down the ancient sword that he had snatched away from you because you didn't need it anymore, being a demon and all. He casts it down from the top along with another final spell and throws it to the bottom in an attempt to steal away Dormant. It's at this point that the group races away, the bridge only bridge that leads to the Forbidden Land starts to crumble beneath their horses' hooves, basically. It's it's almost at a point where I was thinking some of them were going to fall. It was a very tense moment. And you are being sucked into this inescapable vortex of energy that's in the tower. And I, at least when I was playing, I clutched onto everything that I could, like there were the stairs even, I was just like, I'm not letting go, and your stamina is uh, dwindling at this point. And I was like, maybe there's an ending where I somehow make it out of this. So I was just "Ah," clutched onto that. But um, I did find out later on, someone else had mentioned online, you can actually whistle for your horse at this point. Oh,
2: I never even thought of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you could actually whistle for aggro in like just your last moments where you had been turned from this huge black beast into the kind of a smaller black figure at this point a lot of your energy been sucked away already you can whistle for aggro in your last moments of of probable life and of course aggro is not able to come at this point so uh you are pushed into the vortex or pulled into the vortex and everything quiets down just when you think that everything is finished mono awakens the girl the girl that you had wanted to bring back to life so desperately that you slotted 16 very passive beings. They really didn't do anything wrong to you. Mono awakens. Uh, maybe is it because of Norman's being and, and doing? Maybe it's just bad timing. I don't know. But Mono awakens at that point And Agro actually also comes up hobbling to her. One leg very, very clearly damaged from his fall back into that giant valley. And leads her to where you were sucked into the vortex. And in the vortex place now, where there was this giant pillar of energy, now lies only a naked child with tiny horns atop of its head. And Mono picks up the child, and while at that point, Agro will lead her further up to the tower, so up this spiraling kind of staircase that the uh, Amon and his followers had taken to you. And when you reach where the bridge originally fed into, the spiral staircase leads even further up, and Mono and the babe continue up, 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 until they reach a hidden garden. It's filled with this gorgeous greenery and scenery where there's animals everywhere, deer and birds aplenty. And it is here where we fa- say farewell to our human characters as the camera pans to a hawk that flies majestically over this barren landscape just as the game's opening movie also begun. And we cut to credits. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy 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 stuff Massive. So what do, <laughs> what do we make of this what do we make of this ending
2: well there's the obvious so as someone that read a great i think game informer or game pro or whatever about Ico when it first came out uh the character in Ico has horns let it be said and was mm-hmm. with a female character and that was like talk another piece of the subtlety of it, the way there's a clear lineage, but it's still so loose, dreamlike, and kind of an odd thing like that. But the big ending, even being a tie, is still so interpretive, kind of.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. And the shadows too, right? That's a yeah. thing that's also part of ICO, that mm-hmm. the enemies that you play against, fight against.
1: Yeah. There's a sense of like, I guess like surreal like folklore in this story where it, it's kind of trying to portray a message to you that's not just this, hi, I'm a video game. It's, hi, we're trying to tell you a story. And the best way that we can do that is through this video game. I think that's what really like feels heavy, is when you finish it, you don't feel like you were playing a video game. You really feel like you were immersed in this narrative. Um, and I think that's what's so cool about it even to this day ever since I was young under maybe like I was maybe like 10 years old maybe 10 12 years ago uh and just like not understanding what the heck is going on but being so drawn into like what did I just watch that was incredible
0: sure a big part of it is just the how short it is i think that it keeps it punchy i think it keeps mm-hmm. it effective in how efficient it is in delivering all of this uh, I mean, of course, it doesn't deliver much story until this point, but once it does, it's like, this is the payoff. This is the payoff. So, interesting thing uh, also that you might notice is that at the point where you become this being of Dorman, uh, the female half of the, the voice of Dorman is gone. What happened to it? Why is there no more female voice? I
1: have no idea. I think the female voice, if I recall, is not in the original game. Hmm. I did not look this up, so do not quote me on this. Um, but I do not remember from the many times that I played the original female voice being in the voice of Dorman, Uh, And I thought that was a cool touch because it kind of gave it more of a, I'd say, genderless type uh, being hmm. that was just like all these echoes of many different voices, many different demons even, uh, of many different types. Uh, and I didn't even notice that, that it kind of disappears um, in the ending. So right. I would only imagine that maybe that was something they felt was something that they wanted to add is like a nice touch or um, not really sure about that one, but
0: some people speculate that that the female voice being gone had something to do with how mono was resurrected. Maybe her, mm. the voice went into mono and she was resurrected. That'd be interesting because yeah, she's now part dormant. I don't know. Um, you know, the, the female voice versus the, I won't say male voice, but the demonic sort of voices, this, juxtaposition of like shadow versus light and good versus evil it's that very basis for a lot of different stories but it's still even if it is it's still so effective in and how it delivers like our next foe is and and how it's you know it really treats the humans as like these puny things that are just so far underneath what Dorman is capable of and had been sealed away for so
2: you know the uh, timing of this episode is impeccable because it's been david lynch month at the frida and i you know found out and have been going so between going and seeing these lynch films that are all open-ended and listen to our discussion of what do you think about that oh i didn't even notice that right like coming home and playing this game i couldn't help but see the similarities between the two and their approach to storytelling of uh image that you don't understand leading away maybe instead of you know here's a narration that's going to go through every piece and I just couldn't. It's I like that every point or interesting thing you've brought up. We've all scratched our heads, kind of, or gone, well, maybe, right? But there's no <laughs> definitive piece of it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and of course the director is not going to say anything definitive either because he wants it open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. He wants people to to think about this for decades to come. About well, what is Dorman? Does Dorman represent the evil in our hearts? Does Dorman represent something that's necessary for our being as humanity? Or uh, that we banish it away with something that, you know, like the original sin sort of thing. What is, what is it? So I love this game because it's so, it's so yeah, open-ended and, and open-to-interpretation. So we've completed the story portion. We're going to discuss gameplay in a little bit, but of course we've got to get to some music first. And in the meantime, we're going to do a giveaway. So please, if you want to call in 949-824-5824, feel free to do so now. 949-UCI-KUCI. You will win a Shadow of the Colossus hologram print, delivered straight to your doorstep i'll just take down your address and of course i'll also announce it on air so please do so if you are interested 949-UCI-KUCI in the meantime we're also going to listen to
1: what we're going to go ahead and jump right into pursuers um gotta cut a little bit but i think it's okay because we're going to kind of save some of the uh music for your first time through kind of cutting out the final boss here but uh think that that's something you should hear on your own um but we're going to go ahead and jump into the m- amazing uh symphony of the way that this game kind of takes its exit so we're going to go ahead and jump into pursuers
0: all right pursuers is up next again thank you so much for listening to kuci 88.9 fm in irvine my name is Marmara the mid-boss with spar spar john's ghost and we are lag radio good evening everyone you're listening to kuci 88.9 fm in irvine this is marmar the mid boss with spar spar and john's ghost wrapping up this evening discussing shadow of the colossus real quickly before we get to the rest of the show congratulations goes out to christian of Hemet. thank you so so much for listening and hopefully enjoying the show as well and this beautiful soundtrack presented to you on vinyl Woo! So, yes, congratulations to Christian for winning the Shadow of the Colossus hologram print. It's going to be sent out straight to you, so look forward to it in your mailbox in the next week or two. Alright, we just finished up the set with the most gorgeous of two, especially two tracks, if you ask me. Final, 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 final track was Sun-Blessed Lands. So pretty. And, yeah, just... uh,
1: It kind of wraps it up to, like, this, what? Like, It kind of reminds me of, uh... I don't know if you've both played Super Mario 64 and completed the game. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but that ending song makes me cry yeah. every time I hear <laughs> the credits song. The amount of time that you put into that game, you just feel it with like the right song at the end, just wrapping it all up, and right. that's what I feel with this song. I'm like, oh, like it's <laughs> over.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's so satisfying, though. It's like yeah. eating a good meal. Just like yeah. I don't want anything else. I'm done. Yeah. I'm this good. is it. I'm chilling so we listened to sunblast lands most recently before that one was the epilogue those who remain before that one was augury of rebirth formerly known as resurrection before that one was first sign of revival
1: actually it was pursuers
0: oh it was pursuers yes did we skip a couple yeah oh, just okay a couple. my bad all right yeah so there was pursuers in there as well All right, we've got just a few minutes left to finish up our discussion on this one. Uh, Real quickly, gameplay. I mean, of course, we kind of discussed it's a platformer. It's puzzling because you have to find your way up to Colossi. And every single Colossi, Colossus, has its own special kind of trick, kind of gimmick. And you know what? Even though, because Sparty's the one who first used the word gimmick when referring to these, but I'm totally okay with this. You know what? I'm totally fine with each one having their own thing. It doesn't feel... Like it's just all right. What's the next colossus? What's the next trick going to be? What do I have to learn now? That's not that wasn't at the forefront or at the back of my mind at all at any point in this game. I was very happy for that. Uh, there is very much a sense of exploration, and if you ask me, there's a lack of a map. But that's only because I didn't realize <laughs> that there was a freaking map in this game.
1: I am so sorry. <laughs> I continue to say, but. I do feel like you've got even a very different experience by not using the map. Um, and let alone, you kind of got that like isolation kind of got a scope of how big this map uh, map is instead of just seeing, Oh, there's the edge and there's the edge kind of like how far does this thing go? Um, and I realized that maybe after you were kind of, trying to control aggro around a few rocks. I was like,
0: oh yeah, there's a map. By the way, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> little tidbit. I think at one point it does mention to you, like, hey, press the center button in the PS4 controller and it brings up the map. But I definitely did not see that or remember oh, seeing I'm that. Sorry. So, But I think it was actually kind of good this way, though, because like you said, it just gives you this sense of, like, exploration and scale. It's it's just it's different than when you see the map and you're like, okay, I've got about this distance left to where the next Colossus should be, so... Yeah, very good. Um, it's simple when it comes to its combat and controls, I think. There isn't a whole lot of, like, here's my combat maneuver and my stuff. There's a roll, there's a um, there's a jump, right, and there's a grab. Some and parkour jumping, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But besides that, it's pretty simple. Um, and to, if you ask me, at times, it's pretty infuriating, just the way that it <laughs> works, especially the, uh, the camera.
1: The camera is like your best and worst friend, the friend or foe in this game. Yep. Uh, It's so funny how great it is when you're roaming, and it's so funny how terrible it is when you're trying to take one of these things down. (laughs) Or at least maneuver around in the environment that it's giving you. Yeah, yeah. Replaying it
2: now and kind of remembering that, I thought one of the interesting things was... we're so used to such a camera control now i mean since mario 64 and into this they've gotten better in many many ways and they're not as clunky as they used to be and in this game when i would start fighting the camera and it really wanted to push back i would let it be where it was and it's interesting how often it's showing you this perspective on purpose right and so many of these things these things are chosen and i found playing the remake myself very aware of that of hold on you want to see it in this specific perspective they want you to see it in that and i think many pieces of this game are about kind of going along with their plan for you Mm -hmm. and i found that the less i fought that i mean now some of it's really aggravating during a boss when you're looking for something specific but oftentimes i'd be fighting it and i would catch myself and try to
0: stop right yeah that's a great point i makes me want to replay it again and not fight that Camera, because it's so easy to just like uh, it's such a struggle sometimes. But yeah, it's probably because I was not going with the flow, and that's a that's a definitely goes along with the philosophy of the game. So I think that oh, and there's one more thing, very very brief. I think there's a difficulty spike that was kind of frustrating for me, and that was the last three Colossi. <laughs> the first thirteen of them, it was just perfect because I played the first thirteen in one sitting, and then the last three in another sitting. And uh, sparse Spark here can of course attest to this. It was so much more difficult for me to conquer those last three. Than any of the other thirteen, I think.
1: I think those are the most uh, demanding. I would say out of the the all the boss fights, Uh, those are the ones that force you to kind of like get on your feet and do some exploring in the battleground uh, instead of just being. Oh, okay, I got the space and I got platforms and I've got you know it's not right in front of you. It's I'm in this like forbidden city and there's a colossus chasing me. How do I how do I do this?
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. It just seemed it was a little bit jarring to have like just this oh this is a pretty okay experience you know it's not too difficult yeah. this is just i'm rolling around with the story and then suddenly boom here we go all right uh let's see you're
1: getting close dude you got
0: boom here we go all right uh let's see you're
1: getting close dude you gotta you gotta toughen up.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Alright, so we are just about at the end of the time. Thank you guys so, so much again for joining me this afternoon and evening uh, for Shadow of the Colossus. It's been wonderful having you the both. It's been
1: amazing being able to play this thing on your show. I love vinyl and the wonderful crackle of its of its uh, entirety. So. Yes.
2: It's just a massive game and it was a massive time being here <laughs> with you. <guys. laughs> the um... troll. The
0: trolls. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to finish up now just talking a little bit about the uh, different socials real quickly so if you didn't already know facebook.com slash lag life radio is one of our main ones you can also check us out at twitter.com slash lag life radio my instagram my personal instagram is at dj double underscore marmar we have lagradio.kuci.org for all of our playlists and the archive for the podcast uh and finally really really hyped next week's show is going to be homeworld for the pc macintosh and linux from 1999 made by sierra entertainment we're going to be doing not just a play uh of it and discussing it on the show next week but i'm going to be doing my own twitch stream so starting on monday night 7 p.m pst join us on twitch tv twitch.tv slash dj underscore marmar and i will be streaming it in its entirety uh, as much as i can at least of it check it out there. Thank you again so, so much to Spar Spar and John's Ghost for joining me this evening. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week for more. Again, don't go anywhere. Riders of the Plastic Groove is next. Thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.